I do believe in every single beat that I work on, something's going to come out of it. Like somehow, some way. Sometimes I'll go to a studio session and I'll pull up beats from like 2020 and the artist will still record on, on that. And so, yeah, I really believe that just don't get discouraged. Like even if you might not see money now, like you, you definitely could tomorrow. Hey everyone, my name is Christian Duran, host of Open Conversations presented by Black Alt Network. Today we're sitting down with Othello. He's a music producer from Philadelphia who's based out of Los Angeles, multi-platinum producer, has albums gone number one on the charts. How's it going today? Bro, all is well today. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you. I appreciate you sitting down with us. Why don't you take us to where it all started? How did you get into music? I got into music very, very early. Started out with drumming, and then it later led to DJing, and now I'm producing. So yeah, I was about maybe like four years old when I started drumming. Oh, that's cool. So DJing, high school parties, house parties, like radio DJing? Yeah, first it started out with family parties before I was even in high school. Then once I got to high school, I didn't want to go to the dances and just like, like dance. Like I wanted to DJ. So... I asked a DJ and they let me DJ in high school, which then led to like after high school. So yeah. And is that where you learned that I want to DJ my own music at some point? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Philadelphia, how did you end up in Los Angeles? Is Are you here because of music? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ended up in Los Angeles. I moved here in August, 2022. And my manager convinced me I wanted to, but then like her, like, being like Othello will be better for you if you're out here just made me like be like all right I'll do it because before that were you just making connections in Philadelphia is it hard to work with an artist when you're across the country and a lot of the music is happening out in LA um it wasn't too hard but it definitely helped a lot once I moved here I would make connections from people artists all over the world to be honest like using Instagram and a lot of artists from across the world like found me from my YouTube, so I was able to connect with them already before I moved here. But moving here just like allowed me to meet them in person and work in person. For sure. So how did you grow your name organically? It sounds like you're using YouTube, Instagram, social media. Is that yeah. Yeah. Just being consistent with YouTube. Um, I put my tag on every YouTube beat. So every time people went to my YouTube, like they heard Othello and Beat, Othello and Beat over and over again. And then whenever an artist used my beat from YouTube, other artists or listeners would love the beat and go to my YouTube. So yeah, I grew it that way. What would your advice be to artists who are trying to learn uh, music producing? Did you learn on, on YouTube yourself or did you have to take classes of any sorts? Yeah, I watched a few Busy Works Beats videos coming out, some Metro Booming cookups, and yeah, that definitely like sparked the creativity. Um, but also then like I love just like listening to music and then learning by ear and then trying to like replicate and take what I like from like the songs that I like. 
and then implicate it into my own beat. So yeah, it was it was both of those. Gotcha, gotcha. When you're um, you know producing a beat, uh, where do you find the inspiration? Are you trying to chase sounds of the moment, or do you want to produce more timeless music? No, definitely more timeless music. I would say I take a lot of inspiration from music I grew up listening to when I was a kid. Like I grew up listening to a lot of African music, a lot of dancehall music, and a lot of hip hop and R&B as well. So just I like to like get that nostalgic feeling that I felt when I was younger. Um, nowadays, like I do listen to modern music and I'll take like what I like from that, like whether it's like the bounce or like the sounds that they use and implicate it like with what I grew up on and try to blend them together. You made a name for yourself in the music world. Um, before you got to where you are right now, did you know what was coming from the business side of things? Not really, but once I studied how it worked for everyone else, I assumed like, all right, this is gonna end up happening for me as well. So yeah, I just prepared myself by just like watching YouTube videos, some interviews and yeah, I, I didn't know it was coming. So is, is it harder to navigate the music production side of things or the music business side of things for you? Because I imagine, you know, you're you're just trying to focus on your artistry, mm -hmm. but then there's like, how to sign that? What's that clause? Yeah. I'm like that sounds like it could bog you down. Yeah, I would definitely say I'm blessed to not, for neither to be hard, to be honest. Like when it comes to the creativity part, like I feel like I already got that down. And then when it comes to business, like, I have a lawyer that I trust. I have a manager that I trust and has my best interests. So there's really nothing for me to worry about, to be honest. Gotcha. So if you want to just focus on the music, it sounds like you got to have a lawyer on your side and a manager. Is that the formula that's worked for you? Yeah. How did you find them? Um, I found my lawyer from watching an interview. I saw him in an interview and I reached out to him to be my lawyer and he said yes. And then for my manager, we came across each other through a mutual friend of hers who manages another producer named Othello. And he liked me with my manager now and we kicked it in LA and it's been, we've been working since then. Gotcha. So you're using your lawyers and your managers to help you sign publishing deals. Mm -hmm. For yeah, people any that- Any kind of deal. Any kind of deal. For someone that does not know what a publishing deal is can you explain it to me i'm probably not the best person to explain it but from what i understand it's when a, a company gives you a large like an advance and you basically have to recoup that money through like the music that you're putting out like when you get placements or like sync placements and you have to recoup that but they're basically giving you an advance for it gotcha so when you're at a table with your manager and your lawyer what are you looking for when you have a publishing deal in front of you? At this part right now in my career, I would say I'm looking for like a large sum of money, to be honest. Like if I'm gonna do it, that's like the whole point. And the length, like I don't want anything that I feel like it's just too long and I'll be in it forever. So yeah, those are like the priority things that I look for in a publishing deal. Okay, so, and that bigger number comes from your your network right like you got all these accolades and so you feel like you can ask for more money is that how it works yeah plus since i'm confident knowing like in my phone i have so much fire and release that like it's going to take a few of those to just like pay all this money off so yeah i'm at the point now where i'm very confident maybe at first i would be like and like i don't know if i should do this deal or not because i don't know if i can recoup but 
yeah where i'm at right now like i feel like my network has built enough where i can recoup like very early um so you feel like you have um a lot of big artists that you're working with or have you know lined up um when you're working with say someone like meek mills or little tj um how does the money get paid out to you as the, on the producer side of things are you asking for it up front do you get mechanical royalties explain to a producer who's watching this is like how would i get money if i got in a room with a big artist mm -hmm. well there's bigger artists like the a-list and then there's like the upcoming so when it's the a-list artists like they're signed to a label so they have a budget so i can get an advance from that up front and then there's the upcoming artists where like they might not be signed or they are signed but the label's not trying to like they don't have a big budget so usually yeah we'll we'll pursue a bigger budget from a-list artists even b-list but like when it comes to like upcoming artists like i try to build with them so i might not you know press like an advance if i like the song and i believe in it but on the back end, like I do believe in like fair shares on the back end, like when the song starts to generate money on its own. So, yeah. So what do you mean by that? I'm, you know, mechanical royalty aside, when you say fair share, are you talking 50-50? What does it look like for you, the breakdown? Yeah, I would say 50-50 for sure. If it's me and the artist alone on the song. Now, if I co-produce it, then it'll be like 25. I'll split the percentage with the other producer. But yeah, usually we have it breaking down by 50-50, like once when I work with artists. Okay. Um, so other revenue streams for you, um, what are you counting on? What would you tell other producers? You know, if you're not just making it from, you know, big artists in the beginning, maybe try like YouTube, uh, BeatStars. Like, are you, how are you trying to um, make some money on that? yeah i would definitely suggest to have your own website like to sell beats on even though there's producers and people in the industry that might tell you you know that's going to degrade your brand but to be honest like it's never good to just depend on one stream of income so i would definitely should suggest that plus there's going to be opportunities coming from that like people someone random just going on your website and getting a beat the song could blow up so i'll say that um I would say YouTube too, even though like it's harder to monetize with YouTube at first, like you have to get like, I think a, a thousand subscribers first, but, um, that can also be, even if it's just $50 a month, it, you can invest that into something else. And if you can learn how to engineer, like that'll make you more valuable in the studio. You can engineer an artist and you get paid for that. Like up front, usually like if you charge like a, a rate per hour to engineer someone, so yeah, those would be some ways that you can make some money, like, well, not come on. Gotcha. So you got to be savvy like that. Yeah. Uh, no if you're uploading a song to YouTube, BeatStars, where are you getting the samples from? Are you, do you have a catalog? Do you make original samples? Are you using Splice? And do you worry about people coming after you because, hey, you didn't clear that sample? Well, in the beginning, I was literally just going to YouTube and find playlists of samples and sample from there. Or I would hear a song that I like and kind of like take a part of it and flip it. But where I am right now, I have producers that I've signed and they make samples for me and I use their samples. I prioritize theirs. Plus like sometimes I go on splice. So it's really like wherever I get the inspiration from. Mm -hmm. So shifting the conversation to the future of music producing, where do you see 
um, AI's role in music? Hmm. I think AI is going to force producers to work harder because AI can easily replicate what they're doing. So I think that it will force producers to want to be in the camera more, to want to actually be in the studios more um, face to face because AI can't replace like a, a relationship. So it will force producers to want to build actually, and it will give producers the opportunity to to hear what an artist's voice will sound like on their beat so they can take advantage of that and yeah like early on like if you can't get in the room with like travis scott or something you can like you know practice with ai vocals so yeah that's why i think the future of it is so it's like using the technology but not all the way you know taking it and, and not really doing something fruitful with it you're using it to help supplement you not really like replacing using it to replace you as a person yeah definitely not to replace um because i don't think ai can really give you the feeling of a human being so i wouldn't depend on like actually putting that on dsps maybe it's good for practicing and when you're trying to get better at you know beat making but um it's definitely not something that's dependable for sure um what about when you're in the studio talking about that feeling with an artist um what do you bring into the studio like you know do you usually tell them hey i like that verse i like the melody um or is it a vibe a feel how are you driving a session well usually i had to go to the studio prepare like i would either have a conversation with the artist if i can beforehand or i'll listen to some of their newest music and then just going there with like a blank camera it's like i'm not going to expect them to do what i think that they're going to do like i'm just going to go in there and and see where the vibe goes so usually i like to talk to them beforehand like in the studio or before and yeah i'll play some beats in the background like i i don't like to like just force it on them like as soon as they get there like let me play some beats i'll play it in the background and let them like see what they hear at low volume like what catches their ear and then i'll turn it up and be like okay like you can write to this and then they'll record on it like they might do a demo or they might write to it every artist is different and then when it comes to me hearing what they like recorded i'll give my honest feedback every time like maybe i i like the hook but i don't like the first verse or so and i'll, I'll honestly tell them and for the most part they respect that so yeah that's usually like the input i give okay for sure and earlier in the conversation we touched upon it a little bit but how are you getting relationship how are you building the relationships with the artists are they coming to you via instagram reaching out to you how would you break it down are you hunting the artist or are they finding you i would say for the most part they find me and i prefer that way because i know at least like they want my sound like and i'm not exactly chasing an artist so maybe we might bump in, now that i live out here in la maybe we might bump into each other like on the street or Melrose or at a party but before i moved to la it could be from them finding me on youtube or instagram or tiktok or wherever so i just always like to be everywhere if i can like so it gives me more opportunities and when you say be everywhere that you can you mean social media specifically mm -hmm. yeah do you feel like it's uh something that you've really learned how to use as an asset to your advertising because it seems like you got thousands of followers on instagram thousands on tiktok is that a free audience is that what you yeah i would consider a free audience and definitely at first i was always skeptical like 
like sketchy about like if i should go on youtube or not like the first like i didn't want to do youtube at first like i remember i was dreading it i didn't want to actually put the music out and then once i put out a few then people in the comments were like where can i buy this and then that led me to making a beat store and then which led me to like everything else that came after so i was kind of in a way forced to just by like the little content that i put out people wanted more so that pushed me to actually want to be everywhere and why did you start why didn't you dread it that's funny you said that is it because it took you away from music producing like you didn't want to do these other aspects that you've come to feel like are pretty integral to not that brain? maybe more so i was afraid of like how was i going to fit in and make a living out of it and i didn't exactly think that i could because i remember before i made a b stars i i just felt like i was so late to the game like everyone has been like cash money ap like all these other producers have been posting on here for years like how can i possibly you know like maybe not even surpass them but at least get to that level when they're already killing it so it was more so that like the fear but then once i did it like things took off like really quick what do you feel like was key to that success taking off i did some things in the beginning that were beneficial that i didn't even know like i used almost the same type of thumbnail in all my youtube videos so people felt like familiar like like just by seeing like the thumbnail um even my tag like i mentioned i feel like that helped brand me and just using like similar sounds in each beat not each beat was like the same but like just kind of like like giving myself a signature sound and what would you say your signature sound is is it a little bit of, you know, you just, it, like you're from Philadelphia, is it, you know, an East Coast sound that you think they're chasing or do you feel like you kind of can hit a lot of genres and that gives you an advantage? Now I can hit a lot of genres for sure. I proved that to myself, but at first I was just aiming for like a Philly East Coast, New York sound, which I, I would recommend too, to start small and build from there. That gave like the audience to trust me knowing that I can do it like over and over and over again and that makes people want to like invest in you more and like knowing that you can so yeah I was I started off like with this sound like a, a signature sound but since moving to LA like I've been in rooms with like UK artists or female RB singers or female pop singers and all that has helped me branch out and yeah who are some of those artists if, if you can name drop um, right now I'm working with this artist from the UK. His name is Kassian. I'm also working with another artist from the UK. Her name is Leah Music. Um, when it comes to a lot of like underground upcoming, this artist's name is Aylalo. He's from New York. We're locked in like daily. Um, this other artist, his name is Kells. He's from New York. So yeah, just like a lot of underground artists are on the come up, like I'm really locked in with them. And so were those artists approaching you? Was it your management team? How did how did you link up with them? I would say all oh, those artists. Okay, well, Cassian was through my management. So yeah, like sometimes like my manager will pitch artists to me. Um, but for the most part, those artists either hear a song and they like the production so they reach out to me or like somehow like they heard about me and they'll reach out to me so yeah 
um i'll say for the most part like they they found me okay and do you feel like you would have those relationships if you weren't in la no i feel like i would still have those relationships but i don't think that i'll be able to like lock in with them face to face like that because a lot of the times like they're not coming to philadelphia yeah and that's all against philadelphia yeah facts so <laughs> they got the best cheesesteaks but like okay <laughs> yeah um a lot of the times those artists come to la to work so me being in la like advance our career like maybe now we're, we're not making just one song like now like i, I can see you tomorrow and we can make some more and then the next day again so yeah so what is your advice to any producer who's watching this right now at home you know are you telling them watch videos on how to produce watch videos on the music industry business side of things what's your number one advice to them hmm. i would say not to exactly replicate what's going on right now because by the time you get you might get so used to it and that by the time you like blow up like that's all you know is like what was going on in that moment i would say that to really make what you like and to bring something new to the table i feel like that's what helped separate me like i wasn't and i still don't exactly trace like the trends that are going on um so i'll say that and i would say to find artists in your like city or town or wherever you're at there's always someone even if they're not the best artists you can still practice and work with them. That's something I was doing in high school. I would work with anybody that was rapping in my high school. Like I would do my best to work with them whether I was sending beats or going to their, or like they will come to my house after school sometimes and we'll just like make music at my house. So I recommend just trying to build with anyone that you can get as close to as possible. Gotcha. And do you have, People that are in your DMs right now or hitting you up on YouTube, you know, you're, you're not streaming as much, but do you have talent that's reaching out to you asking if they can join your team? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like all the time, like my DMs are really flooded. I'll say though, the ones that prioritize are either the ones that have a song that takes off with my beat or... I just say if they don't have a song that takes off, at least I see that they're being consistent and they're really grinding without my presence being there, like without me already helping. Do you have artists that are in your messages right now that are sending you their verse on your beat and you've never met them? Mm -mm. Yeah, never. Um, a lot of times, well, now with TikTok, like I've been doing this thing where like I have this like rap on my beat and people, artists would do at it. So like every day, I at least like get like, like 30 to 50 new submissions every day. But um, obviously there's a lot of meteorocracy and like a lot of stuff that I don't really like. But so I just try to focus on the ones that I believe in. And yeah, I look for the consistency as well. Cause like you can, you might make a good song once or twice, but like can you continually do that and get better? So those are some things I look for. Okay, so word of advice of so the producers to flood your DM if they think they have a fire song. Because that's one way to, to reach out. Yeah, I definitely look at everything. I'm definitely never going to be like the Hollywood person that would like, just like say I'm not looking at my DM. So I definitely see everything. Um, But like, like I said, some of the things I look for is like the quality of like how you recorded it. Like, did you just go on your phone and just like you know what I'm saying? Record it into your phone app. If you did that, it's nothing against that, but I just hope like whatever you're singing or rapping sounded really good. Um, so yeah, it's just like the little things like that. Like, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And now that you're in LA, 
how do you stay focused? Because I'm sure there's a lot of distractions out here. Oh, yeah, it's definitely hella distractions. Um, I would say by planning ahead, like, helps me stay grounded. Like, if I were to just wake up every day and be like, I don't know what I'm about to do today, then I might find myself in some trouble. But I definitely like to plan a few days ahead and, like, schedule next Thursday. So now I already know what's happening next next Thursday. Um... I definitely get invited out to parties a lot and I'll go like every now and then and like just make the best out of it. Try to network with whoever I can network with there, like DJ, maybe there's an artist there. Just try to move right. Like I don't necessarily accept any requests to go outside. It's like no need for me to be there. It's not going to benefit me at all. So yeah. So you kind of have the why in your mind always. You're like remembering, all right, I'm in this because I love making music, not because I'm trying to party here. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. I And I think that's a good advice for a lot of people. Like, get the craft right. Yeah. Maybe enjoy yeah. a little bit. Don't get lost in the sauce. All right, so you're saying that you don't like to get lost in the sauce. So you got like, you, you got to keep, stay focused. And you're focusing on making money from music or do you do it just because of the passion a hundred percent for the passion um you can't exactly always look for the outcome it's more so like how it's going to touch people like i always look for that too like and actually try to generally build relationships um if it was just for the money like i, I would be satisfied right? like right now like i i would have never moved to la i could do it online and yeah but it's actually like just really touching people and pause but like yeah, just touching people and like the culture and like yeah it's all about that too it all goes hand in hand so yeah yeah well man i really have appreciated you dropping gems and dropping knowledge for people that you know are trying to get into this business but might not have a direction so you know you're telling them focus on your craft get some music business you know knowledge into your mind before you set out on the journey um and I mean, I think that's that's like a, a starter kit for success. At least that's the way Othello did it. Yeah. 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 Everyone's story is not going to be the same, too. Like, you can't exactly see mine be like, OK, I'm going to do the YouTube stars and it's going to work. Like, everyone has their own story. Um, and everyone I remember told me too, like, not exactly to like do YouTube. People still kind of tell me that they're like, you're posting on YouTube, like still like you have Pop Smoke Place, Marlo TJ, like why? And to be honest, if that's what worked for me in the beginning, I'm gonna still do it. Plus, like I I see reaching more of an audience is, is like working for me when I'm not, like when I'm sleeping, like someone at 3 a.m. can need a beat and, and they could be in like Africa or something and go on my YouTube and it's like, I'm working without actually working. So yeah, I'm gonna forever keep my YouTube up and my V-Stars, so yeah. It's, it's a worldwide, you know page for a reason right um and that's cool that you mentioned you got placements with all these other artists are you only depending on them for your for for cash i mean you said like your placements are they getting you mechanical royalties when someone clicks on the track do you get that check you know monthly yearly for people that are just curious about that mm -hmm. um so to break it down for youtube youtube pays monthly for advances, you only get advances when the song is about to come out. Like I could work on a billion songs, but if only one of them was coming out, it's probably the only one I'm going to get paid for. So that's how that works, which kind of sucks for producers because you can work on so much and then the artist just not release it. 
Um, and then I would say like just little things like collecting from when someone else uses my beat on their YouTube video. I have a way of collecting from that as well. Um, Instagram reels. Um, sometimes I use, sometimes I would make songs for people if they need me to, and I'll just charge them a flat rate for that. So you just always like have my eyes open to like any opportunity. Gotcha. So you gotta be savvy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, you you gotta also consult with people you trust. So your manager and your lawyer. Yeah. Definitely a lot of working for free though. And like, I still work for free. Like all the time, like I said, I don't get paid for a song until it officially comes out. And sometimes it can, it can be discouraging cause it's like, I just worked on so much music and saw nothing come out of it. But I do believe in every single beat that I work on, something's gonna come out of it. Like somehow, some way. Sometimes I'll go to a studio session and I'll pull up beats from like 2020 and the artist was still recording on that. And so, yeah, I really believe that just don't get discouraged. Like even if you might not see money now, like you, you definitely could tomorrow. So yeah. Gotcha. And you set out to make a thousand or 10,000 beats this year. Yeah, 10,000 beats. How's that coming out? Um, I think I, I made like, today's the second day of June. I think I made like maybe like one or two beats so far. So I got like 9,998 to go, but- um, You're locked in. Yeah, I'm definitely locked in and I'm sure my producers are gonna help me and I collab a lot too. So it makes it easier. Like sometimes I, I might just make a melody and send it to a few producers and they'll finish it out or they'll send me melodies and I finish it off. So I definitely have like a network of people that can help me accomplish that. I won't be like all solo. Yeah, I'll go crazy if I do that. So sometimes you're working on the volume of music and not necessarily just like dedicating a week to one song. You're like making maybe five, 10 tracks in a week. Yeah, I would say too, like my average day is like at least one session with an artist. Sometimes I have two sessions and then I also have to post on YouTube as well. So I feel like it's like three different ways that like, I'm possibly about to like get a song that officially releases. So I just like to put a lot of pressure on it. Mm -hmm. Well, I really appreciate you dropping all of this knowledge for all the viewers watching, you know? So if you said it, it must be true. For <laughs> those facts. So man, I appreciate it. Cause you have such a journey and you kind of tried a lot of different methods and they work for you. So I think a lot of people are going to find this interview very, very helpful. So, I mean, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Of course, thank you as well. All right, well, that's it for Open Conversations with Othello. Thank you for tuning in.